This is The Cole Memo. I am your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. To find the transcript, audio, or video version of any episode, please refer to the description of the episode that you're listening to now. Within that description, you can find a link that will take you to our website, which will display the transcript for this episode and the platforms where you can find this episode in audio or video formats. If you're unable to locate the episode description on whichever platform you're listening from, simply note the episode number and visit thecolememo.com. You can find the corresponding episode, and then you'll be able to access the audio, video, and transcript versions of that episode. You might also find any links that we reference during the episode so that you might be able to do your own research. If you're not listening to this episode of The Cole Memo on Patreon, then you're listening to this episode later than our patrons. To become a patron, go to thecolememo.com slash Patreon. Once again, that's thecolememo.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's a great way to support our show. One of the best ways to support our show is free. Leave us a positive review from wherever you're listening to us from. Favorite this episode, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, or post a review. Your engagement and support is appreciated. Enjoy this episode of The Cole Memo. For the first episode, I want to briefly tell you what I think The Cole Memo is. And there's really no telling what it might become. So over the past few years, I've been hosting a podcast that started with a focus on drug policy. Most people know me and associate me with drug policy. The issue I started to experience was that I felt pigeonholed. Sure, I love talking about drug policy, but I want to be able to do more than that. So I started the Cole Memo. But let me be clear, the name that I picked for the show was not chosen because of the obvious pun with my name. It is a reference to federal drug policy. It's a wink towards the fact that a large part of my focus will continue to be drug policy related. However, I plan to continue to talk about more than just drug policy. In the past, for example, I've had comedians on my show, members of law enforcement, former military, musicians, professors, scientists, researchers, and more. I plan to continue to explore other topics from time to time. The first few episodes will show you that, and in the near future, I'll be releasing a series that ended up with me being dressed up as a cowboy in the middle of a desert, high on psychedelic mushrooms, buzzed off a beer that I just had in a brothel where I was interviewing working girls, otherwise known as legal sex workers in Nevada. So yeah, the Cole Memo is already off to a crazy start. Stay tuned for all that and more. As a sign of my continued focus toward drugs, I wanted to share a conversation that I had with Tommy Chong for the first episode of The Cole Memo. Please be sure to check out episode number two, which I'm releasing alongside episode number one, featuring Mike Fouché, a name that you might recognize if you're a longtime fan of my content. If you enjoy this episode of The Cole Memo, please rate it favorably from wherever you're listening from and subscribe 
if you're able. Here is my conversation with Tommy Chong. This conversation was recorded on May 10th, 2023, when I was still formulating exactly how I would launch this new show, The Cole Memo. Enjoy. So I had a Tommy Chong moment the other day. I had been traveling and I got home and I was like, man, I'm, I feel weird. Oh yeah. I ate a lot of edibles earlier and I thought about you because <laughs> it's something you had told me in the past. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's the feeling, especially COVID, you know, because you're thinking, yeah, I'm weird. Mm -hmm. Am I getting COVID? Or is that edible I ate kicking in? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I was, I was uh, high, pretty good. Oh, man, I woke up the next day high. I ate a little bit too much. Uh, but yes, so perfect to answer your question. <laughs> now, you see, you'll never repeat that again. Uh, and uh, and, and that's, that's the experience of, of the weed is each one is individually all by itself you you can you that's why when people say what's your favorite strain it's like saying what's your favorite toke <laughs> yeah because each toke is different not only the strain is different but each toke is different everything's different hell but, yeah but it works and 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 and, and here we are here we yeah. are man well today's today is may 10th I know that in what is it May twenty fourth is your eighty fifth birthday, eighty fifth, eighty five. Wow! Yep, getting up there. Did you think you would make it this long? <laughs> um, I'm joking. I, I figured you knew you'd make it this long with the no, green. No, well, I never thought of it, but you know, when I was in grade grade nine. And we were kind of writing to us in the future. And, uh, you know, people were, you know, pretending what, what they, they thought each one was, each of us was going to be. I, I forget what they, they had me down for, but uh, it didn't seem even feasible back then, you know, that, that, that old age was going to eventually take over, <laughs> but but while we're while we're worrying about it, it's happened. <laughs> yeah, the modern age of the reason I say the modern age is because I know we we spoke in the past, and I know a little bit about your history, like that your mom got really sick when you were young, right? Am I remembering that? Yeah, correctly? yeah, 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 totally, and. Uh, she was in a sanitarium and, and uh, yeah, that was right, uh, you know, right after my birth uh, that we traveled around. We went to Nova Scotia and then we came back to British Columbia, right across Canada. <clears throat> and my mother, well, her sisters, they all married into this Ukrainian family. And in the Ukrainian family, one of them was a, a fur trapper. He had a dog sled and, and the whole thing. He was like a native, you know, Uncle Bill. 
And it was after we visited Uncle Bill that my mom got uh, TB. And, uh, and then she had it for five years. But uh, it defined, it, it actually, uh, it, it uh, charted out a, a course of life that we would have to take. You know, because my mom had to, she had to be monitored all her life, you know, uh, right up until the end. And then, and then it was like, you know, when you reach a certain point, they don't care about you anymore. <laughs> You're going to die anyway. You know, it was one of those things. Yeah. It was like when, when I got prostate cancer, the doctor wasn't upset at all. He's like, ah, yeah, everybody gets it. And don't worry, you'll die of something else before this time. <laughs> give you all that cheery outlook and then the funny thing is is that i got uh, uh rectal cancer and so having rectal cancer they had a uh, they had a radiate everything and so while they were down there the guy said well i was down there anyway so i cleaned out the prostate too so now you don't have prostate cancer anymore you know hey. and you don't have a rectum so you don't have rectal cancer anymore <laughs> <laughs> So you're a bionic man now, dude. So just be careful. That's awesome. But that's what I mean by the modern age of science. You know, you you have the experience that you had growing up and the, the people you saw, how they had to live. And, and now modern science, you're able to do that and you're still pumping and chugging, right? Oh, so. yeah. oh yeah. And then I watched, I watched these people with these uh, phony limbs, you know, strapping on these uh, blades. So they can run in a race. I mean, it's crazy, you know. Right. I saw in 60 Minutes the other day a person that didn't have an arm, but they put a robotic arm. They were able to control it with their mind like we do with our hands, like I'm doing uh -huh. here. They were able uh -huh. to feel things. I mean, this is the future, dude. It's fucking crazy. It is. <laughs> it, is. it is. And and so if, if you wear one out or, or wear a body part out or lose it or somehow, you're going to get a new one. And you're going to get adjustable so you can take it off and try another one. And Yeah, you can do that with your legs. You can do that with your arms, your fingers. Pretty soon your eyes. That's, mm -hmm. that's when it's going to be. That's, you know, when we figure out the optic nerve, uh, you know, and so we can replace the optic nerve and, uh, and have eyesight. That, that now that... Woo. <laughs> it's a crazy thought. I have a friend that went blind in the first grade and I'm sure that idea would be crazy to him to know that potentially in our lifetime, he could see again. Eventually. Yeah. 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 It's going to happen. It is definitely going to happen. And, and you know what we got to thank for all this uh, advancement war. Think about it. The art of war has caused people to invent everything. The, the, you know, Morse code, the telegraph system, uh, everything was the internet. Was, I think, right? Wasn't the, the internet, internet everything? Of... Everything yeah. was to help us uh, keep an eye on our enemy. You know, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. You see, this violent universe that we live in it's it's purposeful it has a purpose and it's and it's a teaching purpose we got to learn we this is where we evolve this is our earth this is our soil this is what we we come in and, and and we learn 
in, yeah. in increments. You know, you want to talk think... like about evolution? You just we got head deep into a real stoner conversation, man. Um, think about if your mother saw the person that I was just telling about with the bionic arm, like you wouldn't have been able to convince your mom that was a reality. That's like Jetson stuff, right? And so think yeah. about we've already kind of evolved. Like that is like oh, you would yeah. sh- show somebody like that to somebody from back then and they'd be like whoa this is a different type of human yeah 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 you know? well i don't know i don't know you see this is this is what i learned uh, i've been kind of researching and and musing the uh, religious instructions that we were given in the, in the bible like the 10 commandments for instance uh and uh you look, you look at the, the early commandments that we were given and, and, and really the, the main uh, commandment was, was that there, you call no man your father except God, the father of all, all of us. And when you think of that, that and then you th- Put all these commandments in in together, like judge not. I, I love that one because I've had a great epiphany about that one. If you don't have judgment, and I've learned this with people, uh, if, if you re- reserve judgment, then people can amaze you. They will amaze you. Because just when you're thinking they're, you're, you know, they're hopelessly one way, they'll surprise you and they'll come up with something, you know, because our ability to, to grow and change is, is, is so evident, you know, because you look at, at the human race itself, no, nobody stays good looking, <laughs> you know. You're cute for a while, and then whoa, <laughs> and then it's like oh, don't go near this one, you know. And and what it is is nature, it's nature, uh, you know. The good-looking ones, okay, they're going to attract a mate, and they're going to, you know, have babies, and babies are going to grow up healthy and beautiful, and blah blah blah, you know. And 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 that's to to prolong the race, you know, to keep the human race happening and earth happening because we're we're all uh products of this earth this little ball of uh granite that's whipping around the sun at 36 uh what is it 1036 miles an hour and that's what we're doing right now yeah and and if we uh and if we and if we look very carefully at the suggestions and commandments that we were given, you know, the holy commandments, you know, uh, especially the one about God. If there is only God, and that's what they teach, there is, you know, uh, the Muslims, that's what they teach, Al-Akbar's, there's only God. And the Jews, you know, that's their belief, only, there's only a God, and he's in heaven. Um, and Christians, no, Christians kind of put the middleman in there, you know, Jesus, <laughs> like, 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 it's like, like God's too old, you know, so, uh-huh. so you need got to send in fresh blood. You need the young guy in there. 
yeah. to experience all this stuff. And, and it makes sense because what the Christians did is is deify uh, a, a prophet, you know, because that's what Jesus is, was a prophet, you know. He, he was sent here and um, to teach and to heal. And, and actually what Jesus was sent to do was to teach us that we have everything. <laughs> We've got everything. You just got to know the right code words. You know, you got you to gotta learn the right passwords. Because if you get the right passwords, then so many things open up for you. And, and, and with Christians and, and Muslims and Jews, with everybody, it, it comes in the form of prayer, you see. We we all pray. All the, the major religions, we all pray. Now, it's what you ask for. See, that's what you got to be careful what you ask for because prayers will be answered. Why? Because that's our connection with learning. Like a pupil doesn't go to the, doesn't get uh, uh, frowned upon if he asks questions. If he's in class and he holds up his hand and asks questions, that's what school is all about. And that's what we're supposed to do in, in, in our human uh, form when we're here humanly, you know, because we can only be here for a short period of time. And then we have to evolve. And, and, and then the younger ones take over because they, they have the energy and so on. And, and that's, that, that's the way it's going. But what we're learning as we evolve is that uh, the more you learn and the higher you evolve, the less sweat comes. Because with knowledge comes uh, uh, comfort. You know, you can relax. You, you don't have to worry about it. You know where you're going, you know, and you know how, how you're gonna go how you're going to get there and, and if you're lucky you know who you're going to be traveling with you know you got your companion you got your family you got everything and if, and if you're like that you know like a lot of us are uh then we're we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing you know and, and really but all we're supposed to be doing really is keeping the seat warm for the the youngsters <laughs> coming up, because all we can do we can pass on our, our whatever we learn in some way, some form, to the next generation, if if it's relevant. Think about that. Now you know the gas car is going to be a thing of the past so soon. That's right. why Putin. That's why Putin started his war. You know, because he, he realized that if he didn't get rid of this gas, you see, gasoline only sells during wartime. You see, when when there's a war going on, all of a sudden oil becomes very, very, well, that's your motor. That's what, what uh, motorizes the war. But now that we have electricity, warfare is going to change and we're not going to need the gasoline. Uh, you know the polluting of, of the plant, the planet, and chances are, we will come up with a society where we don't need conflict. You know, we have it already. We've had it before. We can have it again. 
And, and the reason we have it is because of the, uh, the, the youth, the, the young ones coming up. They're the ones that see the futility of war, you know, because war is just horrible. It's, it's a party, like, they're do the neighborhood I live in, you know, the, the, the land is so worth so much money that all these old houses now they're being torn down and rebuilt, uh, asking 20, 30 times as much for them as uh, there's a house down the end of the block. My, now, we bought our house for less than $2 million. Uh, now, uh, the, the, the smallest offer would be 10 as if. That's the smallest offer. And then there's people, that, there's one down the, down the road, a couple of, you know, about a block or two sold for 40 it, it got into a bidding war it started off they wanted 30 million for it and it sold for like 50 million because it got into a bidding war and uh, and then the guy that bought it I, I don't think he even lived in it he bought it kept it for a while and then he sold it, probably turned it over for some more money <laughs> and but that's what's that that's what's going on now and the reason is is because the the land is so valuable because you know there's no more land there's houses you can change you know the land it just or it disappear you know you get swept away with a flood or something yeah but but yeah we're 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 moving along especially here in LA good shit man well I, do you have any big plans for how you do you, do you plan to celebrate your birthday in any sort of way? Just going to hang out with family? What, what's, what you got in mind? Uh, we got a, a sort of a ritual now that uh, when we go out to eat and if it's your birthday, you don't pick up the tab. Everybody else picks up the tab. See? And so we get away with that for about a month, I guess, maybe longer. You know, until, until you forget. You go to a restaurant and you say, oh, shit, I forgot it was my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> You've celebrated five times or, or <laughs> 20 times. But that's the only celebration. Uh, you know, years ago, when I was a kid, uh, it was Queen Victoria's birthday on that date. And so the whole uh, Commonwealth, the British Commonwealth, which just watched uh, Charles get crowned, uh, they would celebrate with firecrackers, fireworks. And in Chinatown, right across Canada, they would line across, line up across the street from each other and throw firecrackers at each other. Like a war. It was crazy. You're, you're throwing mobbing firecrackers across the street and, and, and you see the fireworks. It was great. And I used to fantasize, and I'd, I'd say that the whole world is celebrating because it's my birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Well, that's why the house went for so much down the street, Tommy. It's not the land is going up. They're listing it as Tommy <laughs> Chong's neighbor. Yeah. I'll tell you what happened when I moved in. There's a, there was a series back in the day called Tarzan and, uh, and Ron Ely was the latest and probably the last Tarzan. Anyway, he had 
bought the house next door to me just before I moved in. And, and so when I moved in, it was a shock to the neighbor, you know, Tommy Jones moving in. And the first thing Ron Ely did was build a, a like a, a eight foot high uh, cement uh, wall. <laughs> he put up a wall between, between, between your house. house. Yeah. Before <laughs> that, we shared, we shared everything, you know, the, and, and now because I was moving in, he wanted to stake his claim on, on what was his. his sure. Problem. Sure. Yeah. And, and, he, and he did, which was cool. You know, yeah. I don't yeah. Hey, you know, I get it. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I know you get this. I know it's like you probably can't go anywhere without somebody being like, dude, are you fucking Tommy Chung? Um, but I just wanted to share a quick experience that I had with you today. I just I don't even know why I did. I work with a bunch of nerds. Right. And we are not in the weed industry or anything. And I don't think anybody smokes weed where I work. And so I said, yeah, I got to get going. I got a conversation tonight with somebody and uh, a really cool person, I said, and they're like, you can't just say that and not tell me who. And I was like, well, I'll, what the heck? I'll tell you. And I said, it's with Tommy Chong. I don't know if you know. who. And they're like, of course, I know who Tommy Chong is. And they don't even smoke weed. So it's funny how like you transcend, um, yeah. yeah, you know, even yeah. cannabis. We, we, so. we sure did. Well, you know, when you're on, I, I used to be the big favorite on Fox News. Mm -hmm. uh, like this is before Tucker it was Bill O'Reilly time mm -hmm. and Bill O'Reilly was big big time and they would have me on Fox because I pissed everybody off you know <laughs> because they're so anti-pot you know sure. and I'd get on Fox and I'd, I'd say yeah come on everybody smokes pot you know and I'd make up people you know uh, <laughs> like, like Danny Sullivan the race car driver you know? <laughs> I know Danny I knew Danny but I smoke pot with him or anything but i just outed everybody oh yeah danny sullivan you know the race car driver yeah he smokes pot and it would <laughs> piss everybody else off and so uh we're in uh, uh where was it uh st louis st louis missouri <laughs> and the radio there uh one of the big listeners was ashcroft the, the attorney general he was from there and so I, I'm guessing that he heard a broadcast where I outed everybody and, and outed, uh, uh, you know, Danny Sullivan and, and Arnold. Well, Arnold did smoke, you know, and I, I did. I've had, I've had smoked up with Arnold before, but I used to those guys they would get all up, all upset, you know, and all get their little underwears in a knot and over that, but. Uh, it was a time when, you know, when the right wing and the left wing, you know, they had no problem. But see, see what happened with Trump. <laughs> and I love Trump, man. I, I love, you know, I know how dangerous he is. He's going to be on CNN tonight, by the I way. Know, I know, I know. It's, It'll be interesting. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. move. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the last thing you want to do is say you don't want him on. Mm -hmm. Now everybody wants to see him. This way, you say, "Oh, see, oh, you want to be on the air? Yeah, come on, let's come go on, see it in, and uh, oh, no holds barred. You know, let us let us know how you feel, Don. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know your we we want to know all your theories on, on evolution and everything. Yeah, and so, so yeah, I, I I love that idea.
You know, it's what I realized the other day. So I asked you this question in the past and I recently got a very, because I've been asking this question to everybody. I've been obsessed with this question, Tommy. I, I think about when you were pushing for what you know is legalization back in the day, you were simply saying, hey man, I, I don't want to go to jail for this, for this, right? I've got this in yeah. my hand. I don't want to be thrown in the slammer for this. Are you kidding me? You weren't saying, I don't want to, you weren't saying like, let's legalize it, but people can only buy this much, only 30 grams and they can only, it must be in like this package and everything. And I'm not saying that yeah. regulations like that are, aren't good. I'm just saying that it seems like we've missed the goal of legalization. And so one of the things that this person said that I thought was profound and I wanted to hear your perspective on is they said, well, Cole, think about like civil rights in general and that this is how civil rights has worked. They said it's never been one brush, brush of the pen and it's the issues solved, right? So like Abraham Lincoln technically freed the slaves, but some people didn't hear about that for a long fucking time, right? So he, he wrote it into, and even then though, we had Jim Crow laws and everything else. And um, so I guess what, I, it was an interesting point. I never thought about it. It's like, why would I think it would just happen like that perfect Everything else we've seen with civil rights has been baby steps. I'm curious what your perspective is on that idea, you know, because cannabis legalization isn't perfected. Well, but. it's 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 like uh, what 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 can what, what we're talking about cannabis. We're, we're talking about a racist law. You see, uh, back in the day, they used alcohol as a racist law. You know, until and they and they were totally they were totally against uh, Italians. Anybody that drank wine or alcohol, you know, the Puritans, you know, uh, they were, you know, the Plymouth Rock people, you know, the, those guys, the ones that created the penitentiary that would be for penance, you know, the ones that they don't, you know, they're like Jehovah Witness. They don't believe in coffee. <laughs> you know, they think coffee's evil or, or, or they think tea is evil because it's a narcotic. You know, I mean, you get these weird, weird, especially spiritual religious people, not spiritual, but the religious people, you know, uh, you know, they got these rules and, and, and the Jews are just as bad. You know, they had too many rules for Jesus. You know, that's what pissed Jesus off. You know, they had too many, right. you know, you can't, can't do stuff on the Sabbath. Come on, give me a break, you know. And and uh, yeah, so so. so the, the the weed thing uh it was it was all about racism racism in the beginning and 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 that's what put me in jail it's pure racism and that's what that's why the hippies uh kept the vietnam war going for another four, four years at least you know nixon time you know the Viet Cong could have taken it a lot sooner but uh you know, you got Nixon in there and then he opened up more bombing and try to bomb people, you know, bomb him out of it. But you can't. That's that's your homeland. And, you know, these people aren't just going to go, you know, hang around for the weekend. You know, they live there. That's your life. You know, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, life or death. So they so they got that. But the uh, but the but the weed. Any all those laws are racist laws, you know, and 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 that's what we have to we have to come up with a cure. By the way, I have I have the answer. I have the answer to two two of the biggest problems 
but in the way we can express or show the, the blueprint is with a movie. This is what this is what I want to do. I want to start a movie company called Peace Pipe Pictures. And in that movie company, we're going to uh, do not just one year, two year, five year, 10 year projects. I want to do like lifetime projects. I want to do 20, at least 20, 30 year projects. And the first project or one of the first projects, I, I got a bunch of them all lined up uh, all at once. Uh, one of them will be the immigration problem at the border. You know, the uh, change in this title 42 or whatever it is. Okay, what we need to do at the border is organization. We need organization. We need people coming in. And that we need them coming in legally, in, in a sense, that we need to have a, a good record of who and what and why are they coming in. Now, my solution is to hire the immigrants in the movie company. Every immigrant that comes through that border could be hired by the movie company and be a, on payroll of that movie company. And doesn't matter your age or your ability or whatever, as long as you're alive. See, the movie company, there's always something for someone to do in a movie company. You're, you're never without a chore. You know, even if you're just laying there, you can be a body, <laughs> you know, you can be a, a warm body somewhere or you can hold the door open. You yeah, can be, a, be the sound guy. You can be all sorts of things. Yeah. And so what I want to do with the movie and, and like I say, have this an ongoing thing and what we get to do because we're America, we get to cherry pick the best of the best out there. Because think about this, who wouldn't want to come to America and be in the movies? <laughs> who? Who's going to say, oh, I, oh that's kind of what uh, you think about when you think about America, the movies, you know? And, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And think about a movie company. You see, they got child laws. They got old people laws. They got laws for everything. They got gun laws. You know, like as uh, uh, Baldwin found out, you know, you just can't shoot somebody. There's laws, you know, and he had to go through the courts, everything else. And by the way, that is the, the key to gun control. And what the key to gun control is, is insurance. Now, the, the truth is, technically, you should be able to get anything you want to make a movie, okay? Uh, but for safety reasons, everything that you got, especially if it's a dangerous weapon, has to be insured. In other words, if anything happens, there's no damages involved, that's taken care of. Um, the legal is taken care of. Anything comes up legally, that's taken care of. Everything's taken care of uh, with insurance. And so if you need an AK-47 for a movie or, or to hunt pigs or whatever they, they say it's good for, get insurance. And if you got a good record, the insurance is not going to cost you that much because if you are who you are, 
you got a good record, blah, blah, blah. Everything, you hit all the things, but you're still insured. And so if anything happens, if, if by some reason you, you freak out and you become a mass murderer. Now, how to keep people from uh, harm? Very easy, very easy. The insurance companies, I used to work for this insurance company called uh, Hooper Homes. It was a, it wasn't an insurance company. It was like a, 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 a security firm of the, of, it was a security arm of that insurance company. And what I did, my job was to make sure that whoever bought insurance was telling the truth. Like they really lived there. They really did drive this car. They really did not or did have an alcohol problem, blah, 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 blah. You know, it goes on and on. They're going to get insurance or if they're really bad, they're not going to get insurance, but they're also going to get a reason why, uh, you know, why their life is, is the way it is. Now we do that with the, with the, with everything. Then we've got organizations. See, here's the key to, to the capitalist uh, world we live in. Find a way to make money will solve almost all your problems. Because everything, when, when you, when it becomes a, a, a an exercise of, of making, making things work, that's what you, you, you don't want to just run a deficit, you know, for instance, for instance, the movie company. Now I, I'm thinking, I thought this through, I've been thinking this through for, for a couple of years now. And, and what I see it, I see it happening with the, uh, with the uh, agricultural problem. See, cause the biggest problem in America was the cheap labor that we get with the agricultural uh, workers. And that's the ones that sneak across the border they're not sneaking across the border what, to, to turn people into fentanyl and, you know, to, to kill them and everything else. They're sneaking across the border to, to pick uh, fruit or to, you know, pick grapes. Or, do all the jobs we don't want to do. Do all, all the shit jobs. Yeah. yeah. And the reason they keep them sneaking across the border, now they're not organized. And so they can treat them like shit, everything else. If they belong to a movie company, and say they were the United Pickers of the movie company. You know, these are the people that can, okay, now they're, they're working for a movie company, so they're going to get paid properly. They're going to get housed properly. They're going to get taken care of properly. Everything's going to be properly. And everybody's going to make a profit. You know, the farmers are going to, they're not going to go broke, you know, paying decent wages for their help. No one has ever gone broke paying decent wages for their help. You know, they only go broke when they take the money and spurge it on useless shit themselves that they never earned. You see, you see how it works. Well, that's that's my plan, and 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 and, and, and I I can see it coming uh, to fruition because there's nothing else. <laughs> there's no one else saying, "Hey, I got a better plan." <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Somebody's because gonna do you, show, it. you show people how to make money, and and look at look at we got we got the uh, what do you call those uh, uh, people on the internet? You know, influencers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you talk about an influencer how to make money, you know, how to survive. <laughs> They'll tell you. 
<laughs> you know, they'll say, oh, I invented this little little app that does this and that. I got a friend, he's a photographer, Andy Kareth, and his son got into computers. And next thing you know, his son is, is so wealthy. <laughs> I mean, I'm quite sure Ed is, is retired, but he was a photographer. And his, his son, now he owns some kind of streaming or something. Well, and same as us. Cheech and Chong, we're going to end up the, with the movie company I'm talking about, man. Uh, we, get, we get this going. Oh, my God. You're talking about a movie mogul here. Fuck yeah, dude. Speaking, yeah. speaking of movies, I don't mean to change the subject, but sure. uh, just because you brought up movies, I read it's something you'd mentioned to me in the past, and now I'm seeing it in the headlines. I, before we talked today, I just Googled Tommy Chong to see if anything new had happened in your life. And um, they mentioned the Cheech and Chong biopic, which is something yeah. that isn't, am I correct in thinking that one of your kids is working on that project or am I wrong? In what, one of my kids, one of my, my daughter, Robbie and her guy, Dave, they've done a, uh, um, a docudrama. It's in the can. Gotcha. And they're thinking that the, the writer strike might help their position. Because it's done, it's finished, it's ready to be uh, sold, and now it's going to be worth a lot more because uh, there's not a whole lot of product out there right now, you see. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, with that, with that in mind, I'm quite sure that uh, that Dave and Robbie will, will have a, a some good news to, to to tell us because apparently they used you know old clips and uh, and all sorts of things with us. Uh, and it's and it's really uh, is more than just a documentary. It's it's more like a um, like I say it's got, it got, it shows some dirty laundry, Cheech and Chong's dirty laundry, you know. But uh, th- th- those exposés they don't work unless there's some good dirt to <laughs> to, to uncover, you know. So, so we got all that happening, and, and hopefully uh, you know it'll be out pretty soon. It's been, they've been working on it like for, for five years at least. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been raked over the coals a few yeah. times. So am I thinking of two separate things then is, so it's maybe her yeah. project and then there's the yeah. biopic. Yeah. Is that... Yeah. There's a group of guys that they bought both Cheech's book and my book and they and they, they sent a couple of writers in there to talk to us about, about biopics. But I think when we get down to business, you know, it'll be more, uh, it'll be, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll help a little bit more on the, on the, you know, getting it, get, sure. getting the thing going, you know, because our, our stories, teacher's story is unique. My story is very unique, right. you know, together because we really did change the world, you know, with, with the up and smoke, you know, up and smoke just changed everything. Yeah. Well, and I'm telling you, like the guy that I mentioned today who doesn't even smoke, he goes, when I said Tommy Chong, he goes, nice dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I And Tommy, I'm so I'm young. I've looked at your films and I'm familiar with Up and Smoke and everything, but I wasn't familiar with nice dreams. Oh, yeah. he was. So I that's something new for me to look into. But uh, well, nice dreams got uh, Timothy Leary in it. And uh yeah, there's a lot of lot of things. Paul uh, Rubin, you know, Pee Wee Herman, mm-hmm. he's got a nice big role in it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I directed it, and uh, it was the second one after we did uh, next movie, 
See, I directed, wrote and directed Up in Smoke, but uh, Lou Adler, you know, he called, he, he's down as uh, the official director, which he did, but uh, he directed with, with my, <laughs> uh, I was uh, like back leading everything. Uh -huh. And and then I then I had to step in and, and redo the ending, and so the ending for Up and Smoke was all Tommy Chong, and and I, and I got credit for it too. No, no, I I've uh, no, you got a there's a we we we're doing a, a podcast uh, probably tomorrow, and uh, it's uh, Bullmates, it's called, and it's, uh, we're trying to get a thing going, a streaming service where you can smoke on our service you know and, oh, cool. and not have, yeah not have to worry about it and so we're, we're doing that i i guess it's tomorrow and uh yeah yeah i i i love i love the way we're headed you know i i love when people have different attitudes and things you know yeah yeah, yeah. i've well, always had a problem uh, you know when people say about weed you know i used to tell everybody and, and I was kind of right in a way that when they legalize it, it grows so easy for everybody that I used to tell everybody, your grandmother will grow more weed than you'll be able to smoke <laughs> once it's legal. Right. And true to a point, but they put all these packaging. <laughs> right. Not only the packaging, but like in Illinois and several states, I would say a lot of the states, too many of the states, how about that, that have legalized, and I say that in air quotes, you're not allowed to grow it at home. That's still criminal. Yeah. Or if you're yeah. caught with over 30 grams, generally speaking, you yeah, still they, go to jail. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's heavy, heavy time. Yeah. It's like uh, you're a little bit pregnant, you know, <laughs> it, it's so stupid. Right. It, 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 you know, they're, they're still got that racist law. That you, racist you want to hear something unique about Illinois? I worked with a defense attorney that's trying to change this. If a cop claims that they smell weed in Illinois, if you get pulled over and he just claims that he smells, it's not a. Yeah, that's all he needs. That's all he needs. And he it's it is a crime in Illinois. It's a class C misdemeanor, which is equivalent to domestic violence. To, to have the smell of. The smell of weed. It's supposed to be in an odor-proof container in your vehicle. There's no such thing oh, as an odor-proof container. No. Like a dog can, like there's literally scientifically no such thing. I'm not saying that you can't make a container that holds odor very well, but I'm saying it, it's literally impossible. If somebody has a and good sense of smell. It's stupid. Well, it's and actually, if you think about it, what, what they get caught up in, because you think weed is legal. And so the cop will ask you, you got weed in your car? And you'll say, well, yeah, sure. Because you think it's legal. And he's like, ah, I can smell it. I thought I could smell it. You can't prove that he couldn't smell it. You got a class C misdemeanor because you can't yeah. prove that in court. So we're trying to take that out of the law. But see, it's like these little yeah, nitpicky yeah. things that stick with uh, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what was the thing? They're talking about today on, on the court. Uh, I forget it. Oh, I forget. But uh, yeah, it was one of those uh, how he felt or how he, you know. Sure. It, it, it's, it's just a weird, weird, weird legal thing, you know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's the world that we created. You know, we created this world. Now let's, let's perfect it. That's right. And that's how I was going to end it. I was going to say we, we must not lose sight of, of, how you started this movement and the original goal 
which like you say, this is based in racism and that p- continues to play out to this day. We must stop these policies. We Absolutely. must stop the cycle. Absolutely. It's a, and, and it's a, it's a racist policy. And well, look at, look at the King's coronation right then. It just showed you how racist America, uh, Britain is. The father had no power to have his son and his son's black wife attend the, the, the ceremony. Isn't that the height of racism? The height. He's the son. Now, he may, may not be the next in line to the throne, but he's a spare. If something else did happen, he could get it, you know. And so what are they doing? Oh, they're pretending like uh, Megan doesn't exist. Oh, at least it doesn't exist for this photo op, you know. Oh, that phoniness. Oh, the hypocrisy of it all. Just like, whoa. Yeah. Because I, I'm deep down, I love the tradition. I love the royalist. You know, growing up with uh, Queen Victoria, you know, there is there is some, some nice history. But that was back then. And, <laughs> and here we are with Charles being ignorant as can be. He had a shot there. He he could, he, as a king, he could say, hold on. Hold on. Harry's coming. Not only Harry's coming, but Megan, I want you right here. Right here. Because this is what this, is, this throne is all about. You know, England is not just white people. England is everybody, yeah. you know. And, and, and they like to play that game. But you notice what they do with the English. They always get in, in your tribal costume, you know. It's not like the suits and ties like the English wears. Oh, all of a sudden, they got to get in, in into those hula skirts and, and all that shit. You got to be native, you know. You got to show your, you know, barefoot. What do you got shoes on? You know, you got to be barefoot, you know, and then you're going to need a, a spear or something. Give them a spear or a knife. You got to get a knife in there. You know, they just want to keep everybody the slave. You know, everybody's the, you know, the, the, you know, yeah, the driver, the worker, the cook, the nanny, the everything but the, the, the queen or the lady of the house. You know, they're, they're not ready for that one yet. <laughs> right. But they will be. They will be. It's coming. Yeah. And we just got to keep fighting for that future because we know that that's what, it, you know, well, you know, right. what we're, you know what we're doing now. And this is what I tell people, too, especially with the older guys, you know, my cameo thing, you know, what we're doing, because once you become enlightened, you don't have to prove it to anybody. You don't have to. There's nothing to prove. Nothing to prove. You went to school. You learned, uh, you know, how equal everybody is. You learned the, the spirit uh, of, of the soul, the existence of the soul. You've learned all the good stuff that you need to learn. And, and more than anything, you learn how to be nice to the people that are nice to you and, and how to make your world nice just by being nice you know and it rubs off uh, you know like like you don't ever want to take anything for granted especially especially our existence uh as we know it now because it, it seems you know uh, we're always at war and there's a reason 
And the reason is, is that's how we evolve. We use war to evolve. Because what happens with war? War destroys. And what when you're destroyed, then you got to build it back. And so you build it back and you build it back bigger and better like, like uh, uh, Biden wants to do. Build it back bigger and better. Build back better. I like his little things. You know, I went to a, a Hunter Biden art show uh, about a year ago now. And uh, <clears throat> it was good. Hunter is a good artist. He's a real good artist. And I'm really anxious to do for them to get out this Hunter's uh, lab, his laptop. Uh, what do you call it? His, laptop. His, yeah. 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 <laughs> Did you meet Hunter? Because uh, uh, Ivanka and uh, Jared, uh, you know, they 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 got million billions in, in, in uh, money from from everywhere from right. uh, Russia, China, and everything else. And they're trying to paint Biden as a. You know what kills me too is that Biden only won because Trump picked him. See. When everybody was running for president, Biden never had a chance with anybody. Well, look at him now. Look at the polls now. You know, he's not that popular. But it was a fact that Trump was afraid of him. And when that fact came out, then every all the, the Republic or the Democrats said, okay, Biden's our guy. And sure enough, he won. And because he's so straight and 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 so honest, he had no idea that people would even think about cheating right. you know how, how dare you cheat you, you aren't supposed to cheat yeah. and and then then when they found out it was like well that's not right <laughs> you know? yeah and, and and like he's he's scolding uh pence you know pence is like a, a henchman <laughs> with no balls and pence is pence is smart he knows that you, you can't get away with this my thing about that whole thing was that Bill Maher literally predicted, I think, the year that Donald Trump got elected, that he would not concede even if he wasn't elected. I think that's so crazy. And he was right. Oh, like Bill Maher called it before everybody. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah well, there's a lot of us. We, we, we knew that he was because that's his M.O. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He's never wrong. You right. know, everybody else is wrong. He's he's right. But now. With the court of law, you see, you can't you can't play that game. Yeah. You can play that game until you get in front of a judge and you got to hold your hand on a Bible and, and swear to God. And once you do that, man, your ass is grass. Because if you're lying even a little bit, man, you're 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 found out. You know? It's a power. It's a, well, and that's what I, I want to leave you with: the power, the word, God. Is so powerful. It's the most powerful word on the planet. God. It's every religion worships the same God. Every religion claims that God to be their God and no one else's. And every religion that thinks that that way is wrong because they're right. There is only one God. But he looks after all of us, including the Trumps of the world, you know, because you can't have good without bad. You can't have up without down. 
You can't have cheats without chong, you know. It, it, it's just the the nature of, of our existence. And and that's the way it's always going to be. And right now we're, we're on a nice ride. I call it a, a beautiful ride with the, can you think of, I can't think of a better way of getting over a pandemic than the way we did it. Even, even, having, even having Trump Dude. do his, his weird shit. You know? During the pandemic, weed was declared as essential. Let me just, yeah. isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was because it is. Right. That's it, absolutely. It, it came down to the point where, oh no, we're going to need weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because it is a medicine. That's right. It is a medicine. And it was always been a medicine. And that's what the old folks, the slaves and that, that's what they used it back in the day. You know, that's it was the slaves that turned everybody on to to the, the weed that was growing everywhere. You know, the hemp, the hemp plant was growing everywhere, you know, because of the war and everything else. But yeah. you can't have hemp plants without cannabis, you know, with the THC being there. That's like. right. That's right. Well, well listen, I, I really enjoyed talking to you, but I think we're done, right? Yes, we are, my friend. Yes, we are. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And uh, I wanted to, to just wish you again a happy birthday. So, Well, thank you very much for thinking about me. I appreciate that. Yep. Take care, Tommy. Bye. Take care, man.